This week on Moms Moving On. I think boundaries are hardest for those of us who have grown up in emotionally fused families. Some people call it codependent. I just like to say emotionally fused because it's often when we are fusing our emotional state to other people's. And so we don't set boundaries because we don't want other people to feel bad because then we'll feel bad. If being a bitch means you get to live your life the way you want to live it, so be it. Say thank you. Find yourself. You've lost yourself in this relationship and it's time to create a relationship with ourselves. We don't even think about this concept really. We are the only human being who has to live with us from birth until death. And how much time do we actually spend cultivating that relationship, getting to know that person, listening to that person, respecting that person? We don't do it. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another Moms Moving On. We are moving on, and we've got great advice today coming from a woman who my husband, who you guys love, introduced me to, not physically, but they, he introduced me to her YouTube channel, which I kind of dove into and never really came out of. Julia Christina is our master therapist who is joining us today, and we're talking all about boundaries because, girl, you need to set those boundaries. Hi, Julia. Thank you for being here. Hi, Michelle. So good to be here with you. You are my husband's other woman, I think, (laughs) and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it if you're fine with it. <laughs> it all works. Listen, I, I was so excited. He, he brought your channel to me and was like, her topics are so on point. Her advice is so great. And the first thing that jumped out at me w- was the whole boundaries thing. Like mm. you're really clear and concise on that. And for us divorced women, setting those boundaries, especially right out of the gate, is critical. Yet s- none of us do it. We learn the hard way. Yes. What would you say about that? Um, I think boundaries are hardest for those of us who have grown up in emotionally fused families. Some people call it, the other name for this is codependent. I just like to say emotionally fused because it's often when we are fusing our emotional state to other people's. And so we don't set boundaries because we don't want other people to feel bad because then we'll feel bad. And so we're fused to their emotions. And it often comes with those of us, yeah, who tend to be more of the people pleaser, more of the highly sensitive person, more of the empath who wants to be a good person in all of it. And we think that boundaries are going to mean that I am mean. And I say boundaries don't mean you are mean. Boundaries mean you are clear. Yes. And I know everybody listening to this is nodding right now. Like, mm-hmm, that's me. Julia, what, what is your area of focus? Tell us a little bit about your practice. Yeah. So I am a therapist and I also um, do mind management coaching. I call it te- teaching people how to really manage this mass that's between our two ears. That is one of the most powerful machines in the world and does not come with a manual. We don't know how to use it. And so we get so stuck in our thoughts, in our emotions. So much of what we struggle with is rooted in things that we were taught or told or learned or observed or absorbed in our childhood. It's why it's called the formative years because it's forming how we think about ourselves, others, life, and the world. So we're equipped 
as children with, with how to deal with life and ourselves in the world. And often we're equipped by other humans who really don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so then we grow up and we're like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to, and, and no one taught me how to do this. We take that not knowing, and then we go ahead and get divorced. And there's like a whole other learning curve. So yes. we're taking the not knowing how to set the most important boundaries ever in your life with the person you're co-parenting with or with your ex, yes. coupled with all of the other, you know, yes. how to do all this. the other stuff. And then we're left with the women who write to me and say, every night my ex-husband is supposed to have my daughter. He cancels at the last minute. My plans get screwed up. I don't say anything though, because I love my daughter and I want to be with her. And I'm like, oh, you can love her and still yeah. set the boundaries, you know? But yes. I, of course, learned this the hard way. Yeah. And I mean, I think so often we, we're scared of setting boundaries because we don't, we don't want to use a boundary as an ultimatum or a form of manipulation. And often people get confused with that. And, you know, we're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, get, create a kerfuffle. Or I don't want to create conflict or create upset. But I think of this a lot. So many of you listening have children. And so you know that if a child you know, engages in a behavior, they do something that you don't want them to do and you don't tell them not to do it. They're just going to keep doing it. Right. But maybe even you do ask them not to do it, but then they, um, you know, they throw a tantrum and they get upset about it. And because you don't want to deal with it, you give into it. So what you're basically saying is all you need to do is throw a tantrum and then I'll give you what I want, or I'm not actually going to deny you what you want. So just, you can have whatever you want. And so the child just grows up thinking that like, I can have whatever I want, but you know, if I don't get it, then I'll just throw a tantrum and then I'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so- you just said the whole, like, that was the example, guys. That was the whole show. <laughs> now you understand. Please carry on with your life. Well, we're creating this behavior. We're creating this, be- we're, treat- we're teaching people how to treat us by how we are showing up and why what we are saying and not saying. And so if you have an ex who is kind of, you know, messing with you and who is breaking the rules and who is going back on their word, and as long as you keep allowing it, then there's no reason why they would change that behavior. If they're like, I can do whatever I want and she's not going to say anything or really do anything, then why would I alter my behavior? It's working out great for me. I get to do whatever I want whenever I want and there's no problem. The only person who has a problem is you. He doesn't have a problem. He's great. I do whatever I want whenever I want, and I cancel and I reschedule and you know I arrange things the way the way it works for me. I don't have a problem. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first, a word from our sponsor. Divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events documentable text messaging, and an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. 
a private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R, FAIR. Subscribe at BeFair.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. When we spoke earlier in the week, you mentioned that your client base of the divorced women that you work with, you said, come to think of it, I'm pretty sure most of them have children. Yes. Has this, does this issue come up time and time again for you? It comes up. I've worked with a lot of men going through divorces as well. Wow. And I've had a little bit of that role reversal where, where he really wants to be the person that's involved. And he's married to a woman who is playing a lot of games and going back and forth and making things really difficult for him. But I also have played with the other, or played, <laughs> I've also worked with the other side where, yeah, where the clients that I tend to work with tend to be more, I call them heart-centered. Mm-hmm. So a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more empathic. My clients typically aren't the ball busters, <laughs> right? It's, it's men and women, men and women both who tend to be more of that more, um, you know, highly sensitive, empathic person who then also, you know, which is a beautiful thing, but then it can get in our way if we don't also have clear and healthy boundaries, if we are that type of person, because then it makes it so easy for people to take advantage of us. And so I work with a lot of women in, you know, who are going through divorces, who they tend to be more of these highly sensitive, softer, gentler women, and then their exes are just walking all over them and they don't know what to do right? And maybe it isn't even that their exes are these very strong, aggressive men, but maybe their exes are men who are kind of playing on their heartstrings and saying like, oh, like I just have so much going on, or I'm just going through a hard time, or this is so hard for me. Can't you just like, let me do this just this once, or can't you just be nicer? Why do you, why do you always have to be so hard about things? Right. And then just playing on her guilt. Right. That leads me to my next question. What do you find it is, is the thing that holds women back from being able to set these boundaries and say no and, and kind of learn to take the power back as they proceed through their divorce and co-parenting? Do you have a second to talk about socialization in a, in a patriarchal society? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had to bring you on the show. <laughs> I mean, okay. So... A lot of it is because of how we are socialized as women from birth. You know, girls are socialized to be nice and sweet and kind and generous. And I don't know if you're familiar with Glennon Doyle. Uh, she, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, come on. This is like Glennon Doyle Central. This is okay. So, in her latest heart. book, right. there's a section where she talks about women. And there's, I'm going to paraphrase it because I, I can't quote it exactly, but she says, as a society, a society, we have collectively agreed that the most admirable woman is a woman who is selfless, 
So we are literally saying that in order to be admired by society, you have to have no self. You have to lose yourself and only be everything to everyone else. That is your role. That is your value. And so that in a nutshell is so much of how we are raised as girls to become nothing to cater to other people, to be the caregiver, the caretaker. And not that caregiving and caretaking is a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing, but we're we're not just taught to care for others. We're taught to do it at the expense of ourselves. We're not also taught to take care of ourselves. And so we get confused. Yeah, no, there, yeah. There's, there's a lot. I think that's why I connected so much with Untamed because of, it was this, you know, take no prisoners, you know, no holds barred approach to owning life like this is my life like this is who i'm going to be and if you don't like it well sorry but it took her years to get to that point it took her addiction and living in a skin that she didn't feel comfortable in and all of that stuff and and i think that is part of the amazing transformation that happens when you do get divorced it's like you have no choice but to take back your power and learning to do it fully transform you. You do have a choice though. I think you do have a choice. I think a lot of women are scared to take that choice. And so they get, they get like messed around with for a long time. Well, yeah, that's my question. So is it the fear that holds them back? Is it the guilt? Is it all of it? We over-personalize women. We're also socialized to over-personalize. And so I also was reading a study just sort of as a separate metaphor to this, that even if there was such thing as like across the board uh, wage equality for men and women, men would still make more money because men are willing to negotiate and they don't take resistance personally. Whereas women, we take resistance, meaning that we're doing something wrong, that we are upsetting someone, that we need to shut it down and just make the peace and apologize and smooth things over. Because we think that if someone doesn't like what we've done or said, it automatically means that we've done something wrong. Right. And so women don't negotiate as hard as men do because we take an unfavorable response or pushback personally. Yeah. Right. Like women too, you know, my husband's an engineer and he said, it's so interesting when I have co-op students, the, the guys versus the girls, because a guy will have an issue with his computer when he's doing something and he'll say, Oh, stupid computer. Whereas I'm working with a woman, a young woman, and you know, there's something going wrong with her computer and she'll say, Oh, what am I doing wrong? (gasps) Wow. Right. Like we, we blame ourselves. And so then when there's pushback from another human being, we get very uncomfortable and we want to smooth things over so that we don't have to be the bad guy. So we don't have to think of ourselves. We don't have to have this identity about ourselves that I'm a bitch. Right. Right. Or that I'm being difficult. And a man who is used to you functioning in this way will completely, what's the word I'm looking for? Just expose that or abuse that but basically we'll take advantage of that and we'll push on those buttons if he knows how to do that. Exactly. And that's, that's learning your triggers too, is such a big part of that. And I I find that in my process, really getting clear on all of my issues from my childhood. I, I am open book. I have daddy issues. They were horrible. I never dealt with them until I really had to. And so all of these sorts of things came up in my marriage, my first marriage, because he pushed all, all the buttons. He knew all the triggers. We were not a good pair. We're both good people separately. We were not good together. And it forced me to realize that like, he's pushing these because I let him and also because I haven't fixed that part of me yet. Right. Yeah. So in setting the boundaries, you're learning to fix that part. And for me, it's, it, 
when I work with a client and we're, we talk about this topic and I'm like, you know, the other day, one of my colleagues, she's a coach and she mentors me. She's like, now I have a problem. He's, you know, again, with the switching of the days and I had my whole day planned with clients. And I'm like, you're saying no today. Like no means no. You have, you have a business. He's unemployed. You have, you have to honor it. You're going to lose yourself. You're going to lose yeah. your business. You're going to resent him. So she said, no. And of course his response was, why are you such a bitch? And I'm like, you know what? If being a bitch means you get to live your life the way you want to live it, so be it. Say thank you. Yes, that's exactly that's like it's it's. Yeah. We we have this we have this idea as women that other people's wants, needs, or preferences are more important than mine, right? And so, like his desire to not why is his desire to not fulfill his responsibility more important than my desire to fulfill my commitments that I've already made? So what, let's say new patient comes to you and she's like, I, you know, I just got separated. I need, I need advice. How do I, how do I go about this? How do I communicate with my ex? So he's not taking advantage of me and my kindness. <laughs> I have a, actually have a YouTube video on this about effective communication. And it's basically just a little saying, be clear, concise, and nice. So just be clear, keep it brief, keep it concise, and be pleasant about it. There's another tool that I teach. I actually have an assertive communication masterclass that maybe I'll give you a link to. Right now, I, I have it. It's, it's, it's really inexpensive. It's only $47. Um, we're doing a promotion of it. And it's like a two-hour jam-packed assertive and effective communication crash course where I teach this one tool that I get emails about it all the time from being like, this tool was so great. Ooh. And it's called The Broken Record. And it's a, it's, it's a, I've used it so many times and it's the simplest thing. And it's so powerful. And the whole, um, the whole course is full of little tools like this, but basically it's, it's just saying the exact same thing you just said until the person gets it. So if he's like, Oh, I need to change the schedule. You know, I need to change the schedule because I've got this thing. So can we just switch it? And you just replying and saying, unfortunately, that does not work for me. And you've made this commitment and I'm going to, you know, insist that you fulfill it. And if he's like, oh, well, why are you being such a bitch? And, you know, like, why can't you just be, you know, flexible this one time? Like, I would do it for you. I'm sorry. I, you know, I have, I'm, I have this other commitment. You've committed to this and I'm going to ask that you fulfill that. Or I'm going to insist, I'm going to require that you fulfill that. And you just keep repeating the exact same thing in the same tone of voice. So hard to do. Sometimes you notice yourself getting irritated, but that's where we learn our emotional intelligence yes. and how to pay attention to and not react to our triggers. We learn how to stay calm and grounded. And I'm not going to use the F word, but unmesswithable, but you can insert the F word in there if you want to. But really, like I learn how to be unmesswithable. And I just I will say unfuck with a bow. And I okay. will say that there are two ways that I learned to be that. And in turn, this came with finally setting boundaries. The advice my attorney gave me in the process was because I used to shake Julia, shake oh. when, I had to, when I had to ask him a question or tell him something that he I know he would receive badly. Yeah. Treat it like a business. Dear yes. sir, madam, you know, as per the MSA, blah, 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 I am letting you know that I am taking her out of town or whatever the case is. Yes. So treating it like a business and keeping him on a need to know basis. Yes. You know, I was clear I, and concise, clear and concise. And little by little doing that, I noticed that 
there was less of an inquiry into what I was doing, what my life was. There was less uh, interference. There was less criticism. I, I didn't give him the mic for that anymore. Yes. You know, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to do this with Bella this weekend. I mean, unless I'm taking her out of the tri-county area or on an airplane, I don't really owe him an explanation of our no. plans. And I didn't know. I just thought by being nice, I'd get it back in return. And I never did until finally my lawyer was like, no more. <laughs> right. And it's so, I think it's so interesting how some of us, I'm like that too, where I give too much information that isn't necessary and is not always helpful and that I don't even necessarily want to give. But I think it's, again, as women, we are so socialized to be these people pleasers. And, you know, I have a friend, it's, it's a, he's a male friend, and he sometimes asks me questions that I'm not comfortable answering. And I used to just think, I just need to answer someone's question because they've asked. I didn't even know that I was allowed to say, yeah, I'm just not comfortable answering that. Good for you. Right? Like, I didn't even know that I was allowed to do that. It wasn't allowed in my family. Right? I grew up in a really enmeshed family where everyone was in everyone's business. And there wasn't really space to have your own wants or needs. And it was just sort of, this is what the family does. This is what the expectation is. I can totally relate. How did you separate yourself from that? And oh, work. Lots of work. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize until I was, I think I was 30 years old. The first time I was visiting my sister, you know, in another part of the country. We were all there for Christmas. My sister and brother both live in the same town. And then my parents and I live in the same town in another part of the country. And we all flew there. My parents were staying with my brother. I was staying with my sister. We were all supposed to go over to my brother's house for dinner one night over the Christmas holidays. It wasn't like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or anything. And I just remember them being like, okay, we're all going to go to Paul's house for supper tonight. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to sit this one out. I kind of, I'm tired and I need a night off. And my mom was like, oh no, but you have to come. You know, we're all going there. We'll miss you so much. You know, great intentions, but also a little bit of that like enmeshed kind of codependent thing going on. I'm manipulation, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think she was intending to be manipulative, but it was just sort of like how our family works, you know? Like there's, everyone just does what they're supposed to do or what, you know, every, everyone does what everyone else does. And it was this first time where I was like, I don't want to. And I'm allowed to not want to, and I'm allowed to not do it just because I don't want to. And it was like this whole world opened up. And it was when, this was just shortly after I discovered boundaries, and I had no idea what boundaries were. And I was like, I didn't know that I was allowed to want things and allowed to follow through on taking the actions required to meet those wants. That's incredible. Good for you. Well, and it was so simple where it just was like, it's like an aha uh, moment. Like I can say right? no and still be part of this family. Yeah. My wants, needs, and preferences count too. Wow. And it was like this simple truth where I was like, I was just relying or just sort of catering to everyone else's without actually considering that like, oh, I'm a person here too. I am a person here too who has wants, needs, and preferences that are just as important as theirs are. And because my life and my choices are up to me, I am the person who gets to respect those wants, needs, and preferences and act on those wants, needs, and preferences because no one else is going to do it for me and no one else is supposed to do it for me. 
Well, I'm so glad you learned that lesson because for me, it didn't happen until after I was became a mom. And it was the same way. Like my mom would say, we're going to visit your aunt today. I'd be putting my shoes on before I get off the phone. Now, oh, I'm going to go, come. And it's like, no, Bella's finally relaxing. So I am too. Or yeah, I don't want, I want to. to. <laughs> you know, sorry, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But, but it's yes. so freeing because I remember... My brother and I are both very close to my mom, but me being the female, I was always just going along to get along. And it was my brother who'd be like 45 minutes late to dinner and nobody would say anything or just not come or change plans at the last minute. And it was fine because he was just living in his truth. And I'm just like, I'll come. Don't worry. I'm there. And, And I've learned so much from my brother in the sense that like, he totally sets his boundaries. Like, no, mom, I'm not doing that. I don't want to. And she's like, okay, I love you. You know? So I think, I think going back to, cause we've totally digressed divorced women, right? Yes. If you don't let me, you know, take the kids this weekend, I'm going to tell the courts you're a bad mom and try and take the kids away from you. This type of stuff happens. And so what I say to women when their boundaries are threatened or their ability to hold their ground is threatened, just because somebody says something doesn't make it true. You can still yes. be a good mom and say no. You can still be a good person yes. and tell people to F off. All of those things. But what is like your top piece of advice for women who are finding themselves at the end of their marriage, about to move on? What, how, how would you advise them? Find yourself. You've lost yourself in this relationship. And it's time to create a relationship with ourselves. We don't even think about this concept, really. We are the only human being who has to live with us from birth until death. And how much time do we actually spend cultivating that relationship, getting to know that person, listening to that person, respecting that person, building trust with that person? We don't do it. We're not taught to do it. We're not, especially as women, we're seeing that if I take care of myself, then I'm being selfish. If I put myself first, then I'm being a bad mom or a bad wife or whatever that is. And so we've been so indoctrinated with, again, becoming these selfless people, losing ourselves. It's time to connect back with yourself. She's in there. You don't need to find her because she is in there. You just have to reconnect with her. And that's going to be make so many things. It's just going to be that foundation where you just start showing up differently when you have a good, solid relationship with yourselves, then setting boundaries is not a big deal. Speaking up for yourself is not a big deal. Respecting yourself is not a big deal. When you've got that foundation there, then you just show up differently in life in general. It's like this natural expression. Like you think about people and you see women as Glennon Doyle calls them, the cheetahs, who are just walking around knowing who they are and owning who they are and loving who they are. Everything that they do is a natural expression of that solid sense of self. So they don't have to sit around and think about how should I act or what should I say or what should I do? Because that foundation, that self-knowledge is there. And you know, also to just what you were saying, just a practical thing. And I'm sure you talk about this with women, but if you do have an, like a, a very manipulative ex who, you know, could be ruthless, right. And really like be nasty like that, then of course, always having communication traceable. So text messages and emails, 
so that if there are threats, right? If you are really worried about your partner or your ex-partner taking you to court because you say, no, I'm not willing to change the schedule, that they're going to switch and manipulate and lie and cheat and steal, which some people will, right? But just obviously having that traceable, that, that communication traceable. I'm so glad you said that because in the toughest days of my co-parenting journey, I discovered a co-parenting app, which happens to now be the sponsor of this whole podcast. You guys already heard the the commercial, I'm sure, in the middle of this episode, but it's called FAIR, but it's mm. spelled F-A-Y-R. And all of the communication is set in stone there. Nothing can be deleted or manipulated, and it's it can be monitored by the court if need be. And this is one of the most helpful tools I find yes. for people who are divorcing. This in itself is a boundary setter because- oh, yes. Just by saying, I want to communicate with you- I will only communicate in this way. Yes. It- takes away so much fear because you know nine times out of 10, you're not going to be attacked via text message when using the app. And it is so helpful. It gives you such peace of mind. And if there are those attacks, they're fully monitored by the court. They can't be deleted. You don't have to start screenshotting everything that goes right to either your attorney, your guardian, your judge, yeah. and they can look at everything. So yeah. that, that is a very helpful tool. Yeah, especially if you're working with someone, like if you're dealing with someone who is ruthless and manipulative and, you know, take no prisoners, I will do whatever it takes to make me get what I want, right? Ladies who are listening, you have to find what works and you have to stick with it. You know, you talked about yes. the, the the breaking the habits with the children who just throw to mm. one. I also liken it to training a puppy. I have a puppy now and it's a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> However, I am super consistent because I yes. will train that behavior out of him. I know I will. And yes. so just because you said no once does not, you know, a, a healthy boundary set. You have to keep doing it over and over and over. And Consistency is key. Yes. Incon- sure. And we think that inconsist or consistency means that I'm being mean, but consistency means that I'm being clear and inconsistency is also very confusing. Yeah. It's it, very confusing for people. It's, and people don't know what to expect. Therefore, you know, you get mad at yourself because if they have a reaction to your response, you're like, well, I said yes last time. It's got to be one or the other. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I think sometimes too, we don't, we want to kind of bend and we want to kind of accommodate because we're like, well, I want him to be willing to do that for me if I ever need a little extra leeway. So it does require that I take responsibility for what I say. And I follow through on that because you can't have it both ways and be like, you have to follow through, but I don't have to. Right. right? So there does have to be that willingness to say like, you know what, I'm going to follow through as well because it does, it gets into that gray area that then is so easy. It's so easily. And you've probably experienced it. It spins out of control so easily that it then becomes this tit for tat and who owes who and and you know like you did this then so I get to do this now and it just like I've seen this so much with women that I've worked with that say well I you know I did this for you so now you have to do this for me and then it gets confusing and then it's about you know bargaining chips and almost like bribery in a way and that feels so icky a hundred percent a hundred percent I will suggest though if you if you want to uh, something that I started doing, if you want to concede in the concession, ask for what it is you expect in return. Like, you yes. know, the other night, my ex-husband asked me for a favor and I said, while I have you, 
can we also do X, Y, and Z? And that got it over with. There was no more, you yes. own. It was a little tit for tat, sure, but co-parenting is a lot like that. It's an Well, if, if it's a clear tit for tat versus yeah. like a manipulative one, right? Like if it's, if there's clarity and you're saying, I will do this for you, but I would like you to do this for me. Yes. Right. Like, so then that's like a tied up, that situation is tied up in a bow. We put that aside and then we're working fresh next time. Right. Right. Oh, Julia, you're very good at this. Has anyone ever told you that? <laughs> sure. They have all 180,000 of your, your YouTube subscribers must think so. You've given us incredible tidbits and advice. I hate to ask you for more, but nobody gets off the hook with this show without giving us their favorite quote, something that helps them get by that our listeners can apply to their lives as well. This is a bit of an offset from boundaries, but it comes to our relationship with ourselves, which, you know, I, I work with three areas with people. I work on boundaries. I work on, um, developing like their sense of self and overcoming self-doubt and just letting themselves be who they are. And I work with anxiety and all of those things often are very intertwined. It's like this messy little package that we clean up. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite quotes is by Maya Angelou. And I'm going to paraphrase it, but it just basically says that true belonging means that we belong everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. Yeah. And this idea that as we learn to belong to ourselves, no matter where we go, we belong and we don't have to be anywhere in particular in order to belong. Oh, I love that. You hear that, ladies? Where you are right now, you belong there. You are the best in who you can be at this very moment. If you choose to believe that, then it will all manifest in the right way. Thank you, Julia. Julia, where can Absolutely. I you? Um, you can go to my website, Julia Christina, Christina with a K dot com. And on there, I've got some, you know, ways to get in touch with me. I think I've got my social media links on there. I've got some um, on demand courses right on my website there. So that'll probably be this. And then Instagram, I'm at Julia counselor, counselor with two L's because I'm up in Canada. And then my accent, by the way. <laughs> I don't have an accent. It's everyone else who has an accent <laughs> as we all think in our little, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah. And then also YouTube it's, I mean, you can find all this on my website as well. So I'm not giving you all kinds of different things, but it's um, Julia Christina. Actually, you can just search Julia Christina and I'll come up. There's another girl in Germany, but you know, you'll be able to tell the difference between me and her. <laughs> if you do nothing else, everybody, please check out this YouTube. You'll see why my husband and I love it so much. Um, you can, you know, put it on when you are in the car. Don't look, but obviously listen. You can, while you're home, while you're scrolling, whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to get really great advice that it just expands on this topic and forces you to look a little bit deeper into yourself. And you know, I love doing that. Julia, thank you so much for being here. For everybody else, thank you for listening. Keep moving on. You've got this, ladies. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.